0: Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern Tablelands in New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Today, we have an awesome show lined up for you. We are so glad that you're tuning into Tableland Explorers today, and we have Cassie and Hayden back in the studio. Now guys, it's been a few weeks since you've
1: been here. How have you been and what have you been up to? Yeah, I've been pretty good and, you know, as usual, schoolwork, physics and chemistry. Physics and chemistry. So are they your favourite subjects? Yeah, chemistry is great. Physics is physics. So with the
0: chemistry, is that a field that you sort of want to move into after school or is it just something that interests you now?
1: Well, I'm not exactly sure, but, yeah, it definitely interests me now. So that's good.
0: Nice. So what do you do outside of school? Because obviously, you know, you guys are still in... Are you 11?
1: Yep. So, yeah, what do you do outside of school? I do quite a bit of sports. So I do tennis, basketball, touch football. Well, that's awesome. That must just keep you pretty busy then during the week. Yeah, they do, along with all the extra physics and chemistry on top.
0: Yeah, I bet. So do you play each one of these sports every week or is it every fortnight? What what happens there?
1: Yeah, so football and basketball goes by season. So at the moment, uh, both the football and basketball season isn't on. Uh, Yeah, but tennis goes throughout the entire year.
0: Yeah, nice. Awesome. So you playing tennis, do you watch the tennis? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So Cassie, how have you been? What have you been up to?
2: Yeah, I've been good, just surviving year 11.
0: You are surviving? You're getting through it? I think so. I think so. I'm. Well, I kind of got through year 11, but I didn't do year 12, so what's your plans? Are you going to keep going?
2: Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully? Yeah.
0: So what do you do outside of... School. Like, What do you do to sort of like get your head out of the schoolwork and go do something?
2: I usually play music, but music is one of my electives for year 11. So it kind of mashes and I end up doing schoolwork anyway.
0: Well, it must be nice to have a subject at school that is actually a hobby of yours.
2: Yeah, it is pretty good, minus the theory.
0: So the theory isn't as good as the actual playing music then?
2: Definitely not as good.
0: No, it's not. Theory can be a bit of a pain, can't it? So is there any other subjects that you do that are kind of mixing with your hobbies?
2: Yeah, well, I do ancient history. Um, that mixes with some of my hobbies, just like researching ancient things.
0: Yep, that'll help with a lot of your Bible study too.
2: Yes, definitely. A lot of it crosses over.
0: Yeah, have you been enjoying those classes when you can sit in class and you're listening to this ancient history and you're like, hey, that's in the Bible?
2: Yeah, it's also really good because our ancient history teacher will tell us things Mm. that um, correlate with ancient history that are in the Bible.
0: Yeah, that's really good. It's always nice to know when you're learning these sorts of things how they can cross over with the Bible. I like studying that sort of stuff as well because as I'm a minister and I'm giving Bible studies to people, I like to point out that there are things in the Bible that correlate with history. But in giving these Bible studies as well, like our main aim is to connect these people with with Jesus. And when I have discussions with them on asking them what they do to connect with God, like I was thinking about this the other day on how I feel closest to God. And, you know, I feel closest to God when I'm out in nature. One of my favorite places to sit and read my Bible is around a campfire. Now, I am lucky enough to have a fireplace in my house and I can sit by the fire and, and read. But it's not the same as sitting around a campfire, looking up and seeing a sky full of stars. There's just something magical about that. So Cassie, where do you feel closest to God? What do you do to connect with God?
2: Yeah, well, look, I find it kind of similar to you. Nature is an amazing way of connecting with God. I'm actually in the studio looking at a picture of AAV. And it's like a hill overlooking the whole campground and a lake and a beautiful sunrise. Mm. And I'm just imagining sitting up on one of those rocks at the top of that hill and just reading my Bible.
0: Imagining. I'm sure you sat at the top of that hill and read your Bible one time.
2: I actually did at Ad Camp.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I was there. That was taken at the intern's camp last year or the year before. And, um, yeah, it's a beautiful spot. Those that don't know what AAV is, it's the Adventist Alpine Village down at Ginderbine. It's a beautiful campground there. And, yeah, it is nice sitting at a lookout just looking over God's creation as well. You know, we look at I just at that photo there and think, you know, how can people think that there's no God?
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Right? You look at just the way the hills are, the way the trees are. There has to be a grand designer of it all. So, Hayden, where do you like to go to feel closest to God?
1: Yeah, nature is good, but I actually feel closest to God when I'm telling other people about God.
0: Yeah, you're right. And do you find that the more you tell people about it, the more you actually learn as well?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So what is it about telling people about God that makes you feel close to God?
1: Well, I guess, you know, when you tell them, you tell them about His love, and I guess that sort of reminds yourself of His love.
0: Yeah, it does. And I have a similar experience when I'm giving Bible studies to people. You know, I'll do the same study over and over in a week as I'm sharing with different people. And You always seem to learn something new or the people you're studying with comes up with something that you haven't thought of before, and it's a real good blessing to know how God works that way. Now, Hayden, you've actually had an experience where you have done this and you've told people about God and things that He has done. Would you like to share that experience with us and our listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, last week I was wearing my Desmond Doss Mm T-shirt that we got from... Uh, faith fm from the previous bible studies that we did yep. and i was wearing it out in the community and when i put it on that morning i was like you know i wonder if anyone's going to notice and well as a matter of fact somebody came up and said who's desmond Doss? and what is yep. desmond Doss faith you know and so i was able to tell them about who desmond Doss was mm-hmm. and how god used him out on the battlefield that's awesome and what was the response you sort of got from him Yeah, she kind of said it was cool, and then she's like, yeah, I'll probably go check it out. So that's awesome.
0: That's awesome. So did you point her towards the Faith FM app where she could go and listen to our previous studies?
1: No, not Faith FM exactly, but the t-shirt actually has the website faithofdos.com on it. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to tell her about that and that she can go check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because that website has
0: a lot of stuff about who he is and what he's done And if you want to learn more, you can um, listen to the first 12 episodes of Tableland Explorers because that was all about the faith of DOS. Well, Hayden, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're able to share that with other people. And, you know, it's good that you took that opportunity because some people don't. You know, God gives us opportunities each and every day to be able to share Mm. him with others. And we need to take them, and you did. So that's really awesome that you listened to the call of God to talk about that. Thank you, Luke. You're welcome. And we're going to continue telling our listeners and each other about Jesus and about who He is. Today, we're on study number nine of the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Studies. Today's topic is called Rebuilding the Temple. It's all about the Old Testament sanctuary and what it was, what was happening there. And we would love for you to follow along and join us for this Bible study now, Cassie, if someone wants to join our Bible study day, how can they join us?
2: Well, Luke, if anyone would like to follow along with our Bible study today, they can text SOP9 with no spaces to 04888831. For the PDF of today's study guide, so text SOP9 with no spaces to 04888831. Today we are on study guide 9 titled Rebuilding the Temple. Also, we have an awesome free offer for everyone today. So, stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is 3 ABM music within the sanctuary. We have a high priest
3: up in heaven. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! He's our defender. Before the father in example me by God not man behind the veil in a place most holy me, in the sanctuary, He's purifying.
1: Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today, we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings in the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are just for you. If you were just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We're about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP9 with no spaces to 048880831. Our study is titled Rebuilding the Temple.
0: Well, we're about to get into our study, and before we open our Bibles and our study guides, we should pray and ask God to be with us and lead us
1: through this Bible study. So, Hayden, would you like to open with prayer for us, bud? For sure. Dear God, please be with us as we look at your prophecies today. Thank you that some are still being fulfilled and some have been fulfilled and some are being fulfilled in the near future. I pray that you'll please be with us as we host this Bible study and I pray that you'll help our listeners as well as us to get something out of it. In your precious name, amen. Jerusalem, the city of peace,
0: has a history of bloodshed and destruction. For thousands of years, armies from all over the world have fought over this city and today Jerusalem is still one of the most volatile places in the world. The most prized possession in Jerusalem is the Temple Mount. This small area of the planet is a sacred site to three major world religions. Conflict over this location has the potential
1: to divide the world or even start a global war. The Temple Mount is currently under Muslim control. This sacred site is recognised as the departure point for the Prophet Muhammad, bound for paradise. If you visit the Temple Mount, you will notice two beautiful Muslim shrines. The Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque To the Jews, this is the holiest site in the world. It is the home of their two most famous temples, Solomon's Temple, destroyed by the Babylonians, and Herod's Temple, which was burnt to the ground by the Romans. This location is a spiritual soul to the Jews. They are determined to reclaim the site and build a new Jewish temple. Many Christians, who also see this as a sacred site, are sympathetic to the Jews and support the building of the temple.
2: Some years ago, an Australian religious enthusiast, Michael Rowan, entered the Temple Mount and set fire to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Having read an article in a religious paper, he was attempting to help the Jews rebuild their temple. The attempt failed and only stirred up greater hostility.
0: Mm, Did you know in recent years, the Jews have begun their planning in earnest. The Temple Institute, situated in the Jewish quarter of the Old City, has already made 60 sacred temple vessels, including the menorah, the seven-branch candlestick, and the precious stones for the breastplate of the high priest. They also have highly advanced architectural drawings for the new temple itself. There is no compromise.
1: This temple must be built on the original site of the temple mount. Two Talmudic schools located near the western wall and now teaching hundreds of students the finer details of the ancient sanctuary symbols and services. There are also plans to reintroduce animal sacrifices once the temple has been restored, with a new breed of red heifers currently being raised in southern Israel.
2: What will eventuate from this sensitive situation remains to be seen, but according to the Bible, should the temple be rebuilt? What was the purpose of the ancient temple, also known as the tabernacle or sanctuary? What did all the symbols and ceremonies represent? And do we need a high priest or animal sacrifices today?
0: We're going to answer those questions in our study today. But question number one of our study says, What was the main purpose of the Jewish sanctuary? The answer to this question can be found in Exodus 25 and verse 8. And the Bible says, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God created humans for love and companionship. He even made us in his own image, so we could understand him better and learn to love him more.
1: Yeah, and when our original parents sinned, an intimate friendship with God was made more difficult. Instead of talking face to face, sin automatically raised a barrier between mankind and our pure and holy God. And if you want to check this out more, you can go check out Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2.
2: Did you know the sanctuary provided a means where God could live with his people? His presence, the Shekinah glory, would permanently stay in the sanctuary. In this way, God went wherever His people went. God guided, provided, and protected His people. The sanctuary symbols and services taught the people to know and understand their loving God. This leads us into question two. What did God show His people through the sanctuary and its services? Well, Psalm 77 verse 13 says, Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. The sanctuary was a three-dimensional model given to the Jews to show them God's way, in particular His way to salvation. The subject of the sanctuary covers nearly half the Bible and involves a wide variety of symbols and ceremonies.
0: Yeah, you're right. And you know, the sanctuary is a prophecy outlining the complete gospel story in detail. It introduces the God of judgment and demonstrates how God will ultimately and eternally solve the problem
1: Mm. Many of the other prophetic books, including Daniel and Revelation, base their prophecies on the subject of the sanctuary. In fact, the sanctuary and its services are mentioned over 90 times in Revelation alone. There are a few, if any, more important Bible topics for us to understand than the sanctuary. So this leads us on to question 3. What was the central teaching of the sanctuary? Well, Hebrews 9 verse 22 tells us, And according to the law... Almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. The sanctuary service was based on the sacrifice of animals. This heart-wrenching ceremony, quite literally, taught that the shedding of blood was required to obtain forgiveness, or remission, and cleansing from sins. You're right, and blood
0: is a symbol of life according to Leviticus 17.11. Only the blood from the life of the one who was sinned against, God and his law could provide forgiveness for the sinner.
2: That's right. Jesus was the Lamb of God who gave His blood to take away the sins of the world. Through the sanctuary, God demonstrated the great cost of sin. Through the blood of animals, God pointed towards the promised Saviour and substitute Jesus Christ.
0: Hey, if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP9 with no spaces to 80831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So, text SOP9 with no spaces to 4 Today, we are on study guide number 9, titled Rebuilding the Temple. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today. So stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Alan Jackson with There is Power in the Blood.
4: Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood Would you or evil a victory win There's wonderful power in the blood There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood Be free from your passion and pride. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, a wonderworking power in the blood of the Lamb. work in power in the precious blood of the Lamb. In, power. in the blood in the, blood of the, Lamb, of the Lamb. there is power, power, in, power in the blood of the Lamb.
2: Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we're going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you were just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 9 and at question 4.
1: So question number 4 says, Where did Moses get the plans to help him build the sanctuary? The Bible answers this in Exodus 25 verse 9, and it says, According to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of its furnishings, just so you shall make it. When Moses built the sanctuary, also known as the tabernacle, he didn't need his best architects to help him. God gave him the blueprints from Mount Sinai. The sanctuary was meticulously designed by God, and every symbol and ceremony was significant.
2: The original sanctuary was not a giant temple located on the Temple Mount. It was a temple in the desert. See Exodus 25-40 to for more detail. It was portable and the Jews would transport the sanctuary as they travelled throughout the wilderness. A life-size replica of the Jewish sanctuary was built a few years ago by a kibbutz in the Judean desert. Thousands of tourists visit the tabernacle each year. The desert sanctuary was made of a variety of materials, including acacia wood, goat's hair, ram's skin dyed red, badger's skin, along with silver and gold. The sanctuary consisted of three aspects.
0: Yeah, and those aspects were the courtyard that set a boundary around the sanctuary, There was only one entrance, through the front curtain, or the veil. It was through this veil that the sinner would come with a lamb. Within the courtyard precinct was the altar of burnt offerings, where the animals were sacrificed. There was also a laver, where the priests washed their hands and feet prior to entering the sanctuary. For more information on the courtyard, you can read Exodus chapter 40. But this
1: courtyard was about 45 metres long, and twenty-two meters wide. The second aspect of the sanctuary is the holy place, and this was about nine meters long and four and a half meters wide. In the holy place was a seven branch candlestick continually kept alight with oil. There was an altar of incense, where incense was burnt continually, and there was also a table of showbread that held twelve loaves of flat bread.
2: The third aspect is the most holy place. It was about 4.5 metres long and 4.5 metres wide. It was in the most holy place that the presence of God lived. This was the home of the Ark of the Covenant. On the Ark stood two angels made of pure gold watching over the mercy seat of the Ark. Inside the Ark was the most awesome part of the sanctuary, the law of God, the Ten Commandments, written personally by the finger of God.
0: This leads us to question number five, and it says, How did the sinner receive forgiveness for sins? Well, we find this answer in Leviticus chapter 4 and verse 33. And the Bible says, Then he shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill it as a sin offering, at the place where they kill the burnt offering. When a person sinned, they had an awful and bloody consequence. The sinner would take a lamb, possibly a much-loved personal pet of the family, and move towards
1: the sanctuary. You can just imagine the gossip and rumors as that person passed his friends along the way. The sinner took the lamb as he walked through the veil, he approached the altar of burnt offering, and then he placed his hand on the head of the lamb and confessed his specific sins onto that lamb. This can be found in Leviticus 5 verse 5. The sinner had symbolically transferred his sins onto the lamb, and now that lamb must die. In what must have been a most difficult process, the sinner now killed the lamb himself.
2: Depending on the sacrifice, the priest either ate part of the animal or took its blood and sprinkled it inside the sanctuary. Thus the sin was transferred from the sinner to the lamb, to the priest and into the sanctuary. The sinner could then walk away free from the penalty of sin. This leads us into question 6. On which pattern was the Jewish sanctuary modelled? This is answered in Hebrews 8, 1-5. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. The earthly sanctuary was a pattern or copy of the sanctuary in heaven. The sanctuary that Moses built was a shadow reflecting the true and majestic temple that God built.
0: Yeah, you're right. And did you know the writer of Hebrews told the Jews the main point was this, There is a high priest providing salvation in the sanctuary of heaven. To this day, it is pointless building a new temple in Jerusalem.
1: Yes, and that's correct, because the true sanctuary has already been built. It is in heaven. That should be our focus. It is no wonder that all end-time prophecies describe the temple in heaven, not on earth. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text... SOP nine with no spaces to 0488880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP nine with no spaces to 048880831. Today we are on study guide nine titled Rebuilding the Temple. Also we have an awesome free offer for you today. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Josh Cunningham with Light of the World.
5: There's a light in the valley There's a light on a distant shore A light on a mountain It's the light that'll guide you home It shines in the darkness It speaks through the world Light of forgiveness, light of the world. Lost in a valley, I was lost on a raging sea, lost on the mountain until the light shone on me, led me out of the darkness, back to the shore top of the mountain to be lost no more It's the light of redemption It's the light of a grand plan It's the light of forgiveness yeah, the light is the sun of man, shining in the darkness, shining in the night, the light is the way, the truth and the light. Join with me, brother Won't you take me by the way And we'll follow together Till we get to the promised land Join with me, sister Sing my song Follow together till this journey's done.
0: Welcome back to Tableland Explorers, we have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out what is so important about the Old Testament Sanctuary. We have discovered that God asked Moses to build a sanctuary so that he could dwell with his people. This sanctuary was a pattern or a copy of the Heavenly Sanctuary. The services in this sanctuary showed that something had to die for our sins. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 9 and at question 7.
2: Question 7. What did Jesus do in the courtyard of this earth? Well, John one twenty nine says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God also made a sacrifice to provide forgiveness. Much more precious than a pet animal, Jesus, the Lamb of God, was God's Son. It was in the
0: courtyard of the earthly sanctuary that the animals were sacrificed, and it was on this earth that Jesus died. The death of Jesus was a perfect sacrifice that,
1: unlike the animal sacrifices, was only required once. Matthew 27 verse 51 tells us that the veil in the earthly sanctuary ripped from top to bottom. And in Daniel 9, verses 27, it tells us that when Jesus died, it brought an end to sacrifice and offering. Yeah, you're right, because
0: all those animal sacrifices pointed to what Jesus was going to do. So we don't need to sacrifice animals anymore because Jesus is our ultimate sacrifice.
1: Question 8. How does the furniture in the sanctuary represent Jesus? Each article of furniture in the sanctuary represents an aspect of Jesus in his work to save us from sin. To illustrate this, the altar of burnt offering represents Jesus' sacrifice on Calvary, and if you want to check it out, you can find it in John 1, verse 29. Next is the laver, and this represents Jesus as the living water, and this is found in both John 4.10 and Titus 3, verse 5.
2: The candlestick equals Jesus the light of the world, which is in John 1, verse 9, and the showbread represents Jesus the bread of life, in John 6, verse 48. Yeah, and you know, the
0: altar of incense... That represents Jesus righteousness mixed with our prayers and that can be found in Revelation chapter 8 and verse 3. And the ark of the covenant found in the most holy place represents the mercy of Jesus for those who break his law and that's down in 1 John 2:1. Question 9 says who is your high priest today? Well, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16 gives us this answer. And the Bible says Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The Bible says that we still need a priest for salvation today, but not a priest on earth. When Jesus was on earth, he became your sacrifice, my sacrifice. When Jesus returned to
1: heaven, he became my high priest and your high priest. Many people today pray to God through earthly priests or saints. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 that there is one mediator between God and men, and that is the man Jesus Christ.
2: Jesus is our only mediator. We need no other. Question 10. What does Jesus do as high priest in the heavenly sanctuary? The Bible tells us in Hebrews 7 verse 25, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The major role of the high priest is to bring the benefit of this sacrifice, or salvation, into reality in our life. Salvation was not finished at the cross, In fact, the sanctuary model demonstrates that the sacrifice was just the start of the gospel story. Jesus, the Lamb who died for us, became the priest who now lives for us.
0: Yeah, and in the Old Testament, the priest stood before the holiness of God with a veil in between them and became the mediator between God and the sinner. In this way, the sinner had constant access to God, and God
1: had constant access to his people. Mm. And when Jesus returned to heaven... He personally took on the role of working with the Father to bring salvation to us. Jesus is the link between human frailty and divine immortality. Jesus provides forgiveness through offering his blood and righteousness in the place of our sins. Jesus restores our relationship with God, and Jesus helps give us spiritual power to live a victorious Christian life. We have an awesome free offer for you today, so save this number in your phone, 04888 that is 04 And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Travis Cottrell, without the name of Jesus.
6: Our attitude should be the same as Christ. Who took on the nature of a servant And humbled himself to the point of sacrifice Even to death upon a cross At the name of Jesus every knee shall bow Every tongue confess that he is Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. In human
2: Back to Tableland Explorers, we have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out what is the most important about the Old Testament sanctuary. We have discovered that God asks Moses to build a sanctuary so that he could dwell with his people. This sanctuary was a pattern or copy of the heavenly sanctuary. The services in the sanctuary showed that something had to die for our sins. Also, our study has revealed that Jesus is our high priest and that the sanctuary and its furniture shows us who Jesus is. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 9 and at question 11.
0: Question 11 says, What was the Day of Atonement? We find this answer in Leviticus 23 and verse 27. And the Bible says, Also the tenth day of the seventh month shall be the Day of Atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. The Day of Atonement occurred just once every year. This was the one day the high priest entered the most holy place. This was a day of judgment. God's people afflicted their souls. In other words, it was a solemn time of repentance. This was the day to ensure there was complete harmony between God and His people. Those who refused to participate were cut off from God's people.
1: That can be found in Leviticus 23 and verse 29. Every day the high priest would offer sacrifices and transfer the record of sin, symbolized by eating the flesh or sprinkling of the blood, into the holy place of the sanctuary. The Day of Atonement was a day to cleanse the sanctuary from sin.
2: In Daniel 8.14, the prophet Daniel predicts a time when the sanctuary in heaven will also be cleansed. There will be a judgment prior to the second coming of Christ, when we also need to ensure our life is in harmony with Jesus. This will be covered in detail in the study guide, The Judgment. Question 12. So what was done on the Day of Atonement that symbolized the final removal of sin? In Leviticus 16.7-10 it says, He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell, and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it, and to let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. On the day of atonement two goats were chosen, one for the Lord and the other was called the scapegoat, also known as Azazel, or the devil's goat. The Lord's goat was killed as a sacrifice for God's people. The blood was taken by the high priest into the most holy place and sprinkled on the mercy seat of the ark. This represented the blood of Jesus and mercy of God to save us from our sins. And
0: following this, the sin from the sanctuary was symbolically transferred to the scapegoat. The scapegoat was taken out into the wilderness to die a lonely death. That's found in Leviticus 16, 21 and 22. This represents Satan who, at the end of the judgment, will finally bear the consequences of all the sins of humanity.
1: Yeah, and the Bible also talks about a millennium, a thousand years that we'll spend with God. And during this millennium, the devil will be thrown into the wilderness of this earth for one thousand years. He will finally perish in the lake of fire. And you can find this in Revelation chapter 20. This final act of judgment demonstrates that the devil is the one responsible for all the sin, pain, and suffering throughout history. Question 13. What makes Jesus our perfect high priest for today? Now we have a couple of Bible verses to answer these questions. The first Bible verse is Hebrews 2.17, and that says, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Our second verse is Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus is our brother. He was made in human flesh and was tempted to sin by the devil, just like we are. Jesus understands what it is like to feel the full pull of temptation.
2: He understands we are human and how easy it is to spiritually fall. As a result, he is full of mercy and sympathy when we confess our sins. Jesus resisted temptation. He was totally perfect without sin. Jesus gains the victory over temptation through personal experience.
0: Yeah, he is ready to give you help just when you need it the most. Because Jesus fulfilled the perfect requirements of the law, he can substitute his perfect life for our sinful life. As a result, we can go boldly to the throne of grace that we may find mercy and grace to help in a time of need. That's down in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16.
2: We have an awesome free offer for you today, so save this number in your phone, 04888 808 31. That's 04888 808 31. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Jaden Lavick with nothing but the blood.
7: Jesus
0: Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to find out what is so important about the Old Testament Sanctuary. We have discovered that God asked Moses to build a sanctuary so that he could dwell with his people. The sanctuary was a pattern or a copy of the heavenly sanctuary. These services in the sanctuary showed that something had to die for our sins. Also, our study has revealed that Jesus is our High Priest and that the sanctuary and its furniture show us who Jesus is. Finally, our study revealed that the sanctuary shows us how Jesus deals with the sin problem. Jesus shed His blood for you and me, and one day sin will be destroyed. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au. And go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. So out of everything that we have studied today, there are three points I'd like you guys to remember. The sanctuary demonstrates the plan of salvation. The sanctuary outlines how God solves the problem of sin. The heavenly sanctuary is where Jesus now ministers to bring you salvation. Now, I think these three points sum up our study very well. What do you guys think?
2: I think it's very important that God outlines his plan of salvation in the Old Testament, Mm. and it gives everyone a chance to see it even before Jesus comes.
0: Yeah, you're right, because we see it played out in the New Testament as well, so then we can actually see that there's this plan that we are saved the same way the Old Testament people were saved. Yeah, exactly. The plan of salvation is
1: the same from Adam and Eve to now. I also think God put those prophecies in place to, in a sense, give us more trust. I mean, if he fulfilled all the ones that was in the Old Testament, he's definitely going to fulfill the ones that are still coming up in the future.
2: Sometimes we wonder if God's actually solving the problem of sin. But the sanctuary shows us how God's outlining the solution of sin.
0: Mm, yeah, he is. And it's like he is being transparent with everything that he is doing. Yep. I really think that this third point that the heavenly sanctuary is where Jesus now ministers to bring our salvation is important because without this message, what is Jesus actually doing? Like for those people that don't believe in the heavenly sanctuary, is Jesus just sitting in heaven, twiddling his thumbs, waiting to return to earth? No, he's not. He is in the heavenly sanctuary and he's ministering his perfect blood, his perfect sacrifice in the heavenly sanctuary for you and me. He's continually working for our salvation. Studying the sanctuary has just shown us how much God is willing to do to save us because he loves us so
1: very much. This reminds me of a story. An archaeologist visited a pottery store in Egypt. This man had seen thousands of pots, so he was doubtful anything would interest him. Then he fixed his eyes on a pot that was absolutely exquisite. The colours were just outstanding, all shades of crimson and red swirling around the perimeter of this pot. The man asked the potter how much it was, because he really wanted to buy it. Oh no, I can never sell you that pot. But why not? What is so special about it? Said the man. And so the potter began to tell the story. The story of how he was on the potter's wheel one day... As he got a new piece of clay, he threw it on the wheel and started to try and mould it. The trouble was, this clay was too tough and it wouldn't mould. It just stayed in one hard lump. After about 15 minutes of trying, the potter got so exasperated that he threw the piece of clay on the ground and tried another bit. After a while, the potter picked back up the stubborn clay and tried again. This process continued over and over for many hours. On the 8th try, something remarkable happened. The potter put so much effort into it that as the clay moved around the wheel, one of the sharp stones in the clay slashed the palm of his hand. As the blood worked its way into the clay, the potter found that the clay began to go soft. He found he could mold it, and he ended up making the most beautiful pot with all those wonderful colors. I couldn't sell that pot to you, he said. That pot has my blood in it. To me, it's priceless. What does this story tell you about your value to Jesus and his commitment to saving you?
0: You know, I like the verse that talks about how Jesus is the potter and we are the clay. We are that stubborn bit of clay that won't mould, and it is only because of Jesus' blood that softens our hard soul and moulds us into the people that he needs us to be.
2: So without the blood of the potter, which is the blood of Jesus, we would not have salvation.
0: Yeah, you're right, because without the blood, the clay wasn't going to mould It was only until the blood entered the clay that it was able to mould.
1: And in the story, the potter says at the end that that piece of work was priceless Mm. because his blood was in it. And this is similar to what Jesus thinks of us. You know, we are priceless to him, and Mm. he would go through anything just to have us.
0: Yeah, and we've seen through this study that he has, hey? Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think God made the sanctuary and its services so detailed?
2: I think he made it really detailed so we can understand it better.
0: Yeah, I like to think that, you know, God is so transparent that he puts all these little details in how he's going to deal with the sin problem so that we can see what he is doing.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's not hiding anything he's from us. He's not hiding, yeah,
0: because God's God. He doesn't have to do it, he could just deal with yeah. it and not tell us. But he's so transparent, which shows he's just so loving and
1: he mm. wants
2: us to know what he's doing. And that allows us to trust him more. It mm, does.
1: Yeah, and everything in the temple had its place, Mm. and it had a purpose. And this shows that God is a God of order. You know, He's a God that plans ahead, and, you know, that makes me feel secure that He has a plan for my life.
0: Yeah, you're right. He does have a plan for each and every one of us. So with that in mind, understanding why it was so detailed, why do you think the sanctuary is an important teaching for us today?
1: I think it was an important teaching. Because through Jesus' death on the cross, it fulfilled everything that God obeyed the sanctuary to be. For example, when he died, the curtain between the holy and the most holy place was torn in two. Mm. And this symbolized the end of the sacrificial systems. Jesus fulfilled this. He was the lamb. He took the place of the lamb.
0: Yeah, you're right. And, you know, this really shows us that we don't need to rebuild another sanctuary. We don't need to start animal sacrifices again because it had been fulfilled in Jesus'
2: Yeah, you're right. I think the importance of the sanctuary message is that we can understand the plan of salvation, and we can also know that it's true because the sanctuary itself is a prophecy of everything that Jesus is going to do.
0: Mm, That's a really good point that you bring up there, Cassie, that the sanctuary is a prophecy in itself about everything about Jesus. And I think when people understand that, they're going to want to dive deeper and study the sanctuary a lot more. So through this study, we've learned a lot about Um, the sanctuary and, and how it represents God. And so I just want to wrap this whole study up with one question. What
1: does the sanctuary tell you about God? It shows how much He loved us, and it shows that He has a plan for me and for you. And He loves us so much that He shed His own blood for us so that we can spend eternity with Him.
0: Yeah, Hayden, it does tell us a lot about how much God loves us. For me, the main point of this sanctuary message is that it shows me who Jesus is, and his plan of salvation for humanity.
2: That's right, Luke. I just love how the Bible shows us more and more of God's character as we Mm. read on. Most people just brush over the sanctuary, including me, but when we really take the time to look at it, we get to see the transparency and love of God.
0: Yeah, Cassie, we do. And that is the most amazing part about the sanctuary. Everything that we understand from Scripture can actually be found in the sanctuary. Well, that brings us to a close of our Bible study today. We want to thank you guys for joining me here in the studio and helping present this study. And I'd like to thank all our listeners for listening. And we pray that you are blessed and that you understand the sanctuary just a little bit more after our study today. And today we only just really scratched the surface of of the sanctuary. So we'd like to encourage you to read more about it and to learn more about it. It is just an absolutely amazing teaching in the Bible that none of us should really miss out on. And the more we study it, the more we see who Jesus is. We're going to close this Bible study with a prayer. Cassie, would you please pray for us?
2: Yes, yeah, sure. Dear Jesus, thank you for the sanctuary. Thank you for showing us your plans for our salvation. Please be with everyone in the studio today and all our listeners. Amen.
0: It is the time you have all been waiting for. It is time to give you the code word for today's free offer. Today, we are giving away the book, The Sanctuary, Pure and Simple. Sitting in the middle of the camp of Israel was the tabernacle of Israel, the centre of everyday life with its rituals that pointed forward to the Lamb of God. This, the people accepted by faith. This book identifies how the plan of salvation has not changed, Today, by faith, we look back to his life and death and forward to his second coming. This book was written for anyone who wants to understand the sanctuary and learn the object lessons God gave the children of Israel today. We only have five to give away. The code is hashtag TE21. Text that code to o four triple eight eight zero eight three one and our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we'll get you this book as soon as we can. The code again is hashtag TE21. Be the first five people to text that code to oh four triple eight eight zero eight three one to get your free copy
1: of the book, The Sanctuary, Pure and Simple. Our next study is called Inside the Lost Ark. Many people have searched for the Ark of the Covenant, but no one has been certain of where it is today. What was so special about the Ark? Is the search for the lost Ark just a treasure hunt, or is there more to it? What was in the Ark that was so important, and why did the contents need such protection? Join us next week as we will discover the importance and power of the contents hidden inside the Ark of the Covenant.
2: Thanks for tuning in today to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalm 119, God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God bless and we'll catch you next time.